Joe Chucklebuddy. Yes, who? Jonathan James Ramcharan. Reporting line for duty on this magnificent March 15th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. <clears throat> Please excuse any fucking loud uh, guffaws and outbursts and <laughs> you may hear from the outside realm bleed into this realm. There's a couple drunks, washed up fucking weirdo losers. Uh, I live in downtown Toronto, Regent Park. Holla. And uh, yeah, man, these bomba clot, blood clot, fucking street, fucking urchins, peddlers, whatever the hell they are, gypsies. They're just like outside, like at 4:20 a.m. Well, aptly, if you're gonna fucking act all crazy, high and deranged, it might as well be at 4:20 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But uh, yeah, these motherfuckers outside just acting the fool, pretending like they're not in pain. That's the thing I hate the most when you see like. Somebody obviously out of their fucking mind acting as if it's, it's like a child's cry for help. I don't care. If nobody cares, then I don't care. It's like, dude, you're screaming like an idiot at 4.20 in the morning, talking to your stupid friend, loud, obnoxious, disruptive, um, ignorant, arrogant, all those things. What do you want to gain from this? Do normal people just wander the streets babbling incessantly at each other at 4.20 in the fucking morning? In the middle of spring? Well, that's one of the blessings going on. Spring has sprung. It's like, uh, what's the temperature outside? I can look on my phone. I got a handy phone on me. Um, I'm not at the point yet where I have like some little minion that can just be like, look this up. You know, like I want to get that someday. A lot of other podcasters have that luxury. I don't have that at the moment. If I want to fucking know the weather, I got to fucking bust my hump over here, open up my fucking cell phone. You know, it's not easy here at Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast, you know, busting our humps at fucking 421 in the a.m. Eastern Standard Time up at the crack of dawn. <laughs> Trying to be funny as I fucking can trying to deal with these fucking deranged, lunatic, alcoholic, fucking drug addict, drug addled, fucking street leopards outside, lecherous fucks, okay, what's, what's the weather here, weather Toronto, yeah, it's five degrees outside, no wonder they're all, no, it's eight degrees outside, hallelujah, spring has sprung, little darling, it's been a long, cold, lonely winter, little darling. It seems like years since it's been here. Here comes the sun, Da-na-na-na. here comes the sun, and I say it's all right. Sun, 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 here it comes. Yeah, these motherfuckers are outside on fentanyl. Here it comes. <laughs> Fucking drug addicts. Shut up. 
I'm screaming back at them. I'm fighting back. I don't care how sunny it is. You think I'm going to sing a Beatles fucking song just because it's sung, just, just because it's sunny outside? You, I gotta, you're trying to pull on my heartstrings? I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be grumpy as if it was minus 40, you motherfucker. Shut up. <clears throat> yes, it's my world. You're just living in it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's eight degrees here in uh, sunny Toronto. Fucking hell, yeah, baby. You know how sometimes they draw a picture of the sun when they give you the information on the weather? Like when you go online and look up the weather, there's like a little picture of the sun. What, what kind of mood is the sun going to be in today? <laughs> they draw the picture of the sun. Oh, he's in a bad mood. Oh, no, but today he's in a good mood. Full sun. Won't you come and wash away these drug addicts? Full happy sun, won't you come, won't you come? Black old sun, won't you come? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so now I'm just as bad as that fucking drug addict. I'm like waking up the neighborhood with my screaming. But yeah, you know, um, one day, now that the sun is shining... The spring has sprung. The spring of 2019 is like inching its way around the corner. All these hopes for the future. Maybe one day too, I'll have like, like I said, some little minion on the podcast. Hey, fuckface, what's the weather? Hey, find out. Can you, can you find out um, how much uh, they sell lima beans by the pound for now? How much do lima beans go for by the pound now? Well, yeah, three forty nine a pound. I didn't know that. Hey, can you look this up for me? Um, you know, what, how much does a plane ticket to uh, Bangkok cost? Yeah, a ticket to Bangkok. A holiday in Cambodia. How much does that cost? Can you just look it up on a... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four grand. I didn't know that, huh? I want to have like a little minion that could do that and like, you know, send them on errands and shit and shit. Just treat them like complete garbage. That's, that's what I want, like in my future. But uh, now that the spring has sprung, hope is in the air. Drug, drug addicts are outside at four fucking 25 in the a.m. babbling on. I have a great life, charmed life. <clears throat> You know, and when I'm feeling great and grateful, or as in like what was happening this week, you know, as you can tell, uh, the podcast was late this week. If you're new to the podcast, uh, Jonathan Ramtra and the podcast, generally we strive to have um, the show uploaded, recorded and uploaded every Tuesday morning, Wednesday for the latest. So while today is great and I'm rounding out this week on a happy note, feeling good, alive, and grateful, hallelujah, it was a tough week for me. And, um, you know, this is what I got to do when I'm, when, I'm, uh, when I'm feeling blue. I got to just, like, count my blessings, stay happy, stay active. And uh, I'm sorry the podcast is late. Going forward, I'm going to get back on my fucking due diligence. Get back to my accountability. Having the fucking show up and running on time. But it was a tough week. And um, I know when I'm starting to feel a little bit, you know, strained and stressed and under the weather. You could tell uh, when I'm feeling that way is like um, I got to start like checking my gratitude. I start packing lunches for the squirrels. I pack lunches for squirrels, uh, birds, you know.
That's a squirrel. So like that's what happens when I'm starting to feel like blue and restless, irritable, discontent. You know, like I get back to basics. I'm like, you know what, man? Get some sleep. Eat right. Get some exercise. I've been working out. Uh, pack lunches for your little squirrel buddies. Uh, they, they, they know me now. They come to know me now. Um, I live in downtown Toronto. And on my way to work, I walk through um, Allen Gardens. Um, I forget the name of the park in general, but um, Allen Gardens is like a greenhouse botanical garden that uh, very beautiful plants. They got banana plants, uh, hot pepper plants, blueberry plants. They got all sorts of plants growing in this botanical garden. And, um, you know, um, you know, an escort took me there once. Uh, a friend of mine from recovery, not so much... Um, a retired escort, friend of mine from recovery. She took me there once, and she goes, Ah, look at this, Jonathan. Ah, look over here. Ah, yeah, they got banana plants. They got fucking, uh, you know, uh, you know. Oh, look over there, a blueberry bush. You know, like so. I'm like, wow. You know, and this this little escort, she's like showing me around um, this botanical garden. I'm like, oh wow, banana trees and blueberries. Yeah, over here they got a strawberry patch. Strawberry fields forever. You know, like it was fun. But anyways, like on my way to work, you know, I usually walk through um, this beautiful park and there's Allen Gardens, this botanical garden with all these beautiful um, enclosed plants, foliage, shrubbery. And um, on my way through this park, there's always, um, you know, like squirrels, pigeons, sparrows, you know, and I pack them lunch, you know. That's a way of me to show gratitude when I'm feeling lousy, low-down, shiftless, rotten, spineless, good for nothing, hole in the wall, bubble guppy. When I'm feeling like, like when I'm feeling like a fucking dog's breakfast, you know? You know, a dog wouldn't even eat that shit. When I'm feeling like a dog's breakfast, I just fucking pack a fucking squirrel's breakfast. Couple peanuts in a bag, um, handfuls of like, you know, um, what do they call that? Bird millet, you know, like bird seeds and shit. I just throw a bunch of bird seeds into like a... Uh, plastic bag, couple handfuls of peanuts, and then I just go on a fucking spreading speed, spreading spree. <laughs> I'm spritzing. I go on a spreading spree, and I'm just like throwing peanuts, handing peanuts out left, right, and center, shaking squirrels' hands. They come up to me, man. They know me. They peek their little heads out from the fucking tree, and they come hopping along, and they, they know me. They look at me with this like, like, uh, like you know, like a inqui inquisitive look. They got this like inquisitive, inquisitive look on their fucking faces. Little squirrel faces. They're so beautiful. They got those big bulging squirrel eyes, you know, that take up like, you know, three quarters of their face. Big bulging squirrel eyes and those little fucking tiny squirrel ears that are like on a swivel. And they're just so darling and they hop up and I'm like, hey buddy, what's going on? And I give them a fucking peanut. And then like I take a bag of, uh, you know, bird millet, bird seed. And I go, hey, what's up, birds? And they go... I spread a bunch of fucking bird seeds everywhere. And then homeless people look at me. So if you can give them fucking peanuts and fucking bird seed, how come you can't give me a dollar? Well, because you're a degenerate fuck, all right? You were singing outside my window this morning, you asshole. I'm not giving you shit. Then I just, like, walk to work. But yeah, that's how I know when I'm feeling, like, very, like, you know, like, ungrateful, disgruntled, restless, irritable, discontent. And those are the things I try to do to uplift me, you know, because I've had a trying week. I'm going to get to that.
So if you're new to the show, Jonathan James Ramcharan, I am an actor extraordinaire. I got 18 years of acting experience. Very happy, hopeful for the future. At the moment, I'm focusing on creation. Producing, creating, writing my own projects. You know? With the open heart, open mind to possibly get some um, booked work, commercial work. You know what I mean? But at the moment, that's where my focus is. Creating my own stuff. I have a diploma in theater arts. And um, I was once named best actor by a five-year-old child in a um, uh, what do you call that? A child's show, a kids show. I was doing a kids show at the library, right? And you know, I was dressing up like an animal and stuff. Like you know, kids show shit. You know, I was dressing up like a dog. Bow wow wow and woof woof woof. This is how I talk. Or like whatever the fuck. I don't know. It was like a kids play. And I was at the library, and I was up there hamming it up for the kids, and they're clapping, yay, oh, yay. Then after the show, like, uh, this woman came up to me, right? She was fucking hot. And I was like, ooh-hoo, And this this woman, she comes up to me. She sidles up next to me. She goes, oh, hello, sir. Uh, Somebody has something they want to say to you. I was like, what, what? This bitch asking me out? Is this a roundabout way of asking me out? I'm standing there in a fucking dog costume, right? I'm like, uh, what? You know, somebody has something they want to ask you. I'm like, who? And all of a sudden she produces, shying, hiding away, shying behind her was like this little fucking four-year-old boy. She, He like pops out from behind his mom's leg, right? He's looking at me. Big, beady, little fucking four-year-old eyes, you know? He's just, like, staring at me, like... <clears throat> yeah, what do you want, kid? Right, I was about to go have a cigarette, right? <laughs> you know? Like, spit it out, Junior. What the hell do you want, right? He goes... I think... And he holds up this little crumpled piece of paper, right? I'm like, what the fuck is this, right? So he hands me this, like, little piece of paper, right? I'm like... Mm-hmm. Fucking scrawl, scrawled on this piece of paper, this fucking chicken scratch. It's uh, it says, best actor. I was like, oh, this is for me? And the mother's like, yeah, he thinks you're like the best actor in the play and he, he really enjoyed your, your performing. I was like, oh, thanks. Then I went outside and I had a cigarette and, you know, I was thinking about it, right? I'm taking the drag of my cigarette, I'm, cigarette right? I'm like... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at this uh, little best actor award that I got from this four-year-old kid. I'm like, wow. Hey, man, if this career doesn't mean shit, I mean, at least it means something. Like some fucking four-year-old kid saw me performing. And how cool would it be if that, like, stuck in his mind and made him a performer? You know what I mean? So, yeah, anyway, there we have it, you know? I'm an actor. I am also, like I alluded to, an alcoholic. (gasps) Two years, four months of sobriety. I'm going to keep it brief. If you need recovery in your life, please seek it out. There's no shame in it. Well, no, there is some shame. (laughs) There's tons of shame, actually. You're going to have to face all the bullshit you did. But guess what? This is a new beginning, and it's it's probably the most exciting thing you could possibly do. If you're anything like me, 
towards the end of your binge, whatever's going on with you, towards the end of mine, my life sucked, nothing was going on, I needed a change, and I thought to myself, like, what is the most exciting thing I could possibly do? Recovery. Hallelujah. Two years, four months of sobriety, going strong. I'm also a temporary laborer. Janitor. Eh, so what? I'm a janitor, huh? Wouldn't kiss a janitor, huh? Too dirty for you, huh? Too grimy for you, huh? Yeah, I'm fucking ankle deep in piss water, huh? Not good enough for you, huh? You want a man in a suit, don't you? That's what you want. You want the fucking white picket fence. The four-car four garage. That what you want, huh? I can't even count. That's how stupid I am this morning, right? Because I'm a janitor, huh? Four-car garage, five-car garage, whatever it is. You want the big house, the picket fence, huh? A PlayStation in every room? That's what you want, isn't it? No, Jonathan, no, I just want you. I love you. Now you're lying to me. You're lying to me like everybody else, huh? Uh, well, you know what? I'm just a filthy fucking janitor, huh? No, I'm kidding, though. No. Why am I screaming at you? No, I, I love being a janitor. Um, it goes back to my point. It facilitates the humility of my recovery, you know? When I got recovered, when I got sober, and hey, it's a changing landscape. i got to maintain my sobriety. So, you know, I'm always really in recovery. So as a recovering alcoholic, I had to get some humility. I had to work on the shit in my life. And I said, you know what, man, I'm just doing what I need to do to get to the next day. And I'm loving being a janitor. So what, huh? Too, gr too grimy for you, huh? No, I love being a janitor because it facilitates my recovery and it facilitates my acting. It keeps me um, with a paycheck and with a minimal responsibility level. I don't have to have one of those jobs where it's like, you know, being a janitor, honestly, <laughs> it can be trying. There's a lot of things to do, a lot of things to remember, you know, where to put the mop bucket, where to put the, the towel rag, where's, you know, how to change a toilet, how to clean a toilet, how to change a fucking toilet uh, paper dispenser, how to change a paper towel dispenser. So there are some trials and tribulations and challenges in the custodial trade, don't get me wrong. But generally speaking, it doesn't consume my mind like other jobs in the past have. You know, if I wanted to become a tradesman, that's a lot of focus, a lot of accountability, a lot of time and energy, a lot of mental power. Any type of office work, same deal. I'm confined to an office. There's a lot of accountability. There's um, a lot of mental work, right? I like just using my hands and my body, getting through the day, and then off to be exactly who I am, an actor. And also to the point, I am a comedian. Ten years of experience, you know, uh, ups and downs, smiles and frowns. I'm like in an intermediate phase. You know, I got the podcast, I'm trying to produce shows, I got a lot of experience, but I also have got a lot to learn, a lot to grow, a lot to do, to be, all that shit. So like, just what I'm saying, I'm loving the phase I'm in right now, you know, it's, um, it's showing me what the ride really is, it's showing me what I've subscribed for, and you know, it's a beautiful thing, because like, you know, I have a lot more clarity of what I'm doing today because it's like, okay, well, this is what I got to do to get to this level. I'm not just floundering out there like I was for so long. I'm like, 
okay, well, if this what it is to be a fucking actor comedian, then these are the fucking um, hurdles that I must um, hop over. <laughs> so there you have it, man. Hop on pop. Actor. Temporary laborer. Alcoholic. Janitor. Stand-up comedian. So welcome to the show. Yes. I deserve a sip of coffee. <clears throat> yes, I do. Okay. <clears throat> but as I alluded to, I had a shit stank week, you know? Lousy, rotten, shiftless, good for nothing. Testing my patience. <sighs> I wasn't so um, emotionally disturbed or angry or whatever. But I was physically depressed. Lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. Now I'm lying in bed just like Brian Wilson did. Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. Apparently he laid in bed in some fucking um, addled depression. Back in, I don't know, after Pet Sounds or after, you know, he'd been busting his hump, making hit after hit. And then, I don't know, something happened. He just went depressed. And he was laying in bed for a long time or something. And Bare Naked Ladies had that song. People talk about it. It's a part of rock and roll history. And um, I was experiencing a little bit of that. Because sometimes I get, like, you know, I don't really, I don't really, thank God, I'm not afflicted by major depression but when i've been going full steam ahead toot toot, full steam ahead on a motherfucking project and it just ain't turning out the way i want it sometimes i just get you know i get a momentary lapse of interest of enthusiasm i don't feel like the real me i'm feeling just tired depleted defeated you know forlorn and i get these feelings and i'm just like oh no and then all I want to do is just like, you know, oh, fuck, let me go push this mop bucket around. <laughs> push my little mop bucket. And I go mop up a spill. And then I go to the other spill. And I mop up that spill. And then I, then I wheel my little fucking trolley over the next little fucking piss hole. I'm mopping shit up. And then after work, I'm just like, yo, I'm done. Done. Then I go home and I eat a couple fucking, you know, pecan butter tarts and listen to a podcast or two and just like fucking fall asleep. Wait for the next day. Then go push the mop bucket again. And like, that's what I was getting to this week when I was alluding to earlier, saying I had a rough week. Let me tell you about it. So, spring has sprung, as I mentioned, and... I'm definitely noticing it because I had tunnel vision in a good way this past winter of 2018, 2019. I have just been hella focused on producing shows. And I had some success. I booked Our Righteous Mike at a local bar. Hey, they just, won't, they just weren't uh, the type of crowd I was looking for, the type of venue, the type of vibe. I thank them very much for their... Um, their um, opportunity. They gave me an opportunity to host a show. I wasn't feeling it there, so I had to move on. And, um, you know, that didn't really feel good because it was a lot of, a lot of effort. I had to, um, you know, I purchased all the equipment, the PA system, the stands, the microphone, the cables, 
you know, that's, you know, that's a financial investment commitment. Then I had to put in the time to get uh, my friend Nathan. Uh, he was uh, awesome enough to help me. He was putting effort into the show. He designed a poster for me. Then I had to get the poster um, final touched. I had to hire like a graphic designer to um, kind of put the final touches on uh, some of the wicked artwork my friend Nathan did. Uh, she, this, this graphic designer I hired, she put the final touches, you know, like uh, added a little bit of background color to the picture, put the, all the information, all the, they call it typography, the typography of the um, poster, the lettering, all the show information, you know. So then um, there was that. And then I had to um, put the posters up. And then I had to plug the show on social media. Then I had to book the comedians. Then I had to do more promotion, like trying to put, put it out there into the universe. Like, yo, we're doing a stand-up comedy show. Come check us out. We're trying to start it up here. So, you know, like I was just like, like I said, hella focused and it, it was starting to really burn me out in between fucking, you know, mopping up piss, you know, <laughs> you know, changing toilet paper rolls, you know, you know, having people complain. How come the, how come this isn't done? How come that isn't done? How come there's no paper towels in the paper towel? Because I haven't fucking got around to changing it yet. Who gives a fuck? Just dry your hands on your fucking pants like everybody else, you fucking idiot. Pretend you're at home and just shake your fucking hands dry. Is that okay? Fuck. So anyways, like I said, I had all this like fucking janitorial pressure. Um, all the pressures of producing the show. And then also performing, man. What, do you think it's a cakewalk doing this? Any old, any old swinging dick? Any old open vagina can just fucking walk up to a microphone and be a fucking comedian? Pfft, delusional. Unrealistic child-minded, simple, you know, like, that is not how it works, <clears throat> takes years for this, takes um, pain, sweat, tears, a thousand lonely nights, laying awake, laying awake in bed, mulling it over, mulling it over, you gotta have the kind of mind that will sit there for like hours on end and think, what made Elmer Fudd funny, like seriously, what was it about him that made him so funny? Uh, oh, that wascoey wabbit. Oh, what was so funny about him? Hmm. Those are the fucking questions you have to ask yourself consistently if you want to be a comedian. When you see somebody do something dumb and you're like, hmm, why is that idiot so fucking retarded? And then you got to answer emails. How come you said retarded? That's offensive. I had a grandfather who was retarded. You know, and then like, then there's that element. There's always something. It takes years for this. Then you have to get up there and fucking slug it out. You know, slug it out with all the other comics grinding, trying to do their thing. You know, you got to get on shows. You got to make, and you got to make, um, you got to make a scene. Get involved in a scene. And then, all the fucking work of writing, you know? What do you think all... Whenever you watch a comedian, insert your favorite comedian here. Whenever you watch that, what do you think? They just rolled out of bed and just, oh, whoopsie doodle, an hour and a half of um, funny, poignant, revealing, um, transitioned comedy. Whoops, they just kind of rolled out of bed with that. 
No. They have a writing process of their own and they work it nightly to fine-tune and hone that comedian comic diamond. So no, this ain't for the faint of heart. So like, yeah. Scrubbing floors as a janitor, busting my hump as an actor, comedian, all these things. So that's what I was doing this uh, winter of 2018, 2019. And I was just really grinding my ass away. And after I had to resign Our Righteous Mike, uh, the show that I'm hosting here in Toronto, I just hit that fucking line in bed just like Brian Wilson did vibe. I'm just like, oh man, fuck. I was just depleted. And uh, the latest blow that put me into that place was... Like, look, what do you think I did after I quit Our Righteous Mike? The first incarnation. What do you think I did? Fall back on my ass? Oh, poor me, pity party. No. Got my ass up and hoorah. Started banging it out. Seeking venues to book online. Making phone calls. I probably made, by now, I've probably made a dozen phone calls. I've made like... um And this is all in the course of two weeks. I've made like a dozen phone calls, went to see different venues, made, um, you know, uh, half dozen, um, well, let's be honest, more like one or two <laughs> uh, in-person visits, you know, just pa- pounding the pavement, showing up face to face, going in, hey, hello, I like your bar, I like it here, would you possibly be interested in producing a, sh- uh, would you probably, See, that's what made Elmer Fudd so funny. He stuttered a lot. Porky Pig. That's what made Porky Pig so funny. That's all, folks. Look, that shit, I think about it constantly. And I do it constantly. I stutter and stammer. But, like, not when I'm fucking in business mode. I walk into that fucking um, bar... Hello, sir. How are you? My name is Jonathan Ramtran, stand-up comedian extraordinaire, uh, actor extraordinaire. Would you possibly be interested in hosting a comedy night here at your venue? If that's a possibility, let me make it happen. Can that benefit this bar? Let me make it happen. I go in there and I talk. And it's never that confident. It's more like, a uh, hi, uh, janitor, uh, comedian, uh, help me. But whatever. I get out there and I do it. That's what I'm saying. And... Um, that's what I've been doing um, these past two weeks or so, a little over two weeks since I quit uh, hosting my show at the first venue. And um, what really chapped my ass, this fucking, um, fucking kicked me in the sack uh, this fucking week was, um, check it. So I find what I think could be a great venue, reasonable price online they rent to people in my situation up and coming performers I'm like word let me holler at them so I send them a fucking email it's like fucking it's like the middle it's like the fucking medieval times mid, mid, what, what do you call that shit the mid ages I'm doing my fucking that's all folks I'm doing my porky pig routine here what do you fucking call that 
the Middle Ages, the medieval times. The Middle Ages, yeah, it's like the fucking Middle East. It's like the Middle Ages. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for a fucking carrier pigeon to come and return this fucking email. Fucking snail's pace. It's fucking the 21st century bonehead. Like, can't you return a fucking email? So, like, I send this guy an email. This is like a week ago. Finally, he replies to me, like, earlier this week, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, oh, okay, uh, sorry for the long delay. Um, are you interested in seeing the venue? Maybe we can meet up. So I'm thinking at this point, okay, he's accepted what I outlined in the email. I'm trying to produce a comedy show. And uh, he wants to meet up with me. These are all good signs. I just basically got to go in, say hi, shake hands, and boom. Uh, deal closed. Closed it, right? Always be closing, ABC, right? And, you know, ideally, but I was also aware that, you know, things change, things happen, and, uh, you know, it's open to interpretation, but I mean, what the fuck? What, like, I mean, it seems straightforward enough, right? So I go to meet this fool, right? And um, turns out I'm sitting next to him on the bus. I recognize his face from, like, the website of the, uh, the venue. So I'm like, oh, hey, so-and-so, what's up? My name's Jonathan. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, we shake hands and we're talking and... Um, I don't know, something right off the bat. Like, it, it was pleasant enough, but I read body language very well. He was just kind of a, looking at me sideways, you know, um, walking kind of, um, you know, too busy, all business, just walking and walking, right? When there's like, what's the fucking, what? what? Like, how, like, first impressions, basically, right? And what this all boils down to and what made me so fucking depressed, restless, irritable, restless, irritable and discontent this fucking um, week was um, the word begrudge. Begrudgement. When people are begrudging. Because that's what the vibe was. I don't feel as if anything that happened between us was personal. I feel like the man was begrudging. So check it out. What's the definition of begrudge? Definition of begrudge. To give or concede reluctantly or with displeasure. To look upon with disapproval or envy. To look upon with disapproval or envy to give or concede reluctantly or with displeasure. Begrudge. To begrudge. To be begrudging. Begrudgement. Because, yeah, this man, the story is, he's got a venue. He put it together for himself. He's an independent theater producer, actor, performer, writer, X, Y, and Z. So why does somebody start a theater company? To help other artists or to help themselves? Well, obviously, it's to help themselves. I mean, why else would you start a theater company other than to, you know, produce your own theater works? 
Well, there's a situation that happens like all renters, uh, renter situations. When somebody's got a mortgage, generally speaking, sometimes they can't carry that weight. They need to have a tenant, sublet, renter. Well, in an ideal world, that person wouldn't exist. I mean, yo, I bought this house. It's under my name. It's my mortgage. It's my baby. It's my vision. What do I want you here for? Well, the reality is I need you financially. So I'm going to rent to you, but I'm going to rent begrudgingly. Turn the music down before 9 o'clock. Don't leave your dishes here. You don't really live here. What are you doing this for? What are you doing that for? Yeah, 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 yeah. Begrudgement. So, yo, this guy, I kind of was getting the vibe because I know, I know, like I told you, 18 years as a performer, like I know, there's a level of begrudgement, whether it's justified or not, there's a level of begrudgement in the performer's soul because it's like, it's a tough climb and it's for themselves. And, you know, like, yo, he didn't get in this game to help up-and-coming people, like he tries to say on his website. It's like, yo, you need fucking people to pay your rent. You know, in an ideal world, if his theater company was going so great, he wouldn't need um, to sublet or, or rent to people. He would be, you know, having a strong connection with his audience that's facilitating him. You know what I mean? At least in my opinion. And this is the kindest way I can put the situation because the man was just plain begrudging it's almost as if like he was acting as if he was doing me a favor and I don't feel like it was anything personal I feel like it was just like like I said the soul of you know the hard-working performer who's trying to get their eggs all in a row whatever ducks in a row you know eggs in a basket he, he's putting all this effort in for himself and though he Though he advertises renting space, he's not really that enthusiastic or compassionate or interested in really helping people. I don't think. It didn't come across that way. You know, that's the feeling I got. I didn't feel disrespected. I didn't feel rejected. I didn't feel insulted. I felt unwelcomed. Which makes no sense because it's like, you're not doing me a favor. You're renting to me, fool. You're taking my hard-earned janitorial coins and putting it into your piggy bank. You're not doing me any fucking favors. What's with this begrudgment? What's with this fucking... Like, for example, I get there, right? And uh, like I said, uh, we, I was sitting next to him on the bus and I say, oh, hey, what's up? And we're talking and it, it kind of seemed flat. Then, he, then when we get to the studio... He goes, oh, hi. His friend was there to meet him, right? And they give each other a big hug and stuff, right? He goes, oh, hey, what's up? Oh, hey. Oh, you're here. Jonathan's here. And he goes to me. He goes to me, the, the venue owner, renter, whatever the hell he was, right? This guy, he goes, um, leaser, the venue leasee. He goes, um, oh, you're, uh, you're early. I'm early? Like... I'm not trying to be overly defensive, but what the hell does that even mean? We're in a business situation. We live in downtown Toronto, one of the biggest, brightest, most happening metropolises in the world. In any business setting, to be slightly early, I was 10 minutes early, to be early in any business situation shows initiative, enthusiasm, respect for the other person's time. 
We live in one of the biggest, busiest metropolises in the world. Toronto, downtown Toronto. There's a chance that if I'm not 10 minutes early, catch the next streetcar, I could be 30 minutes late, 45 minutes late. We were meeting at 6.30 downtown Toronto, rush hour. You know? So what the fuck do you mean? Oh, you're early. What does that mean? It's like a veiled criticism. You know what I mean? It's a pointless piece of dialogue. What are you saying by that? What does that mean? I am your potential renter. Oh, you're early. I'm like, uh, what? I'm 10 minutes early and you, you're bringing that up. That's what I'm thinking, right? I'm like, but yo, like, like I said, I'm a pro. I'm a pro. I'm a, I'm a pro. I'm a pro at taking shit. I'm just like, uh, yeah, um, well, I can come back. I can go grab a coffee or whatever and come back. He goes, oh, no, no, no. Come in, take a look at the space. So like, that's awkward. Like I said, begrudging. That was the first clue. Actually, that was the second clue, because number one, he, he dilly-dallied, he fucking lolly-gagged, returning my fucking email about the venue. Then, oh, you're early. What the fuck does that even mean? So then, no, 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 come in, we'll take a look at the space. So we go into the space. And um, like I said, his friend was there as well, like his personal friend who was also taking a look at the space for whatever, oh, yeah, whatever his needs were, right? So... As soon as we get into the space, they get to talking and blah, blah, blah. And um, it's kind of like a tiny space, like 22 feet by 15 feet, like the actual performance space, 22 feet by 15 feet, Uh, 22 feet long, 15 feet wide. And then there's like, you know, a little backstage area, kitchenette, a bathroom. So it's kind of a tiny little space, perfect for a comedy show, just like uh, what I'm trying to do, you know, humble, uh, practical perfect um but uh it becomes clear like i'm like a third wheel or something you know like i just felt awkward like during this conversation you know i'm trying to be pleasant and chime in and you know be enthusiastic and just you know first impressions right so this is the first impression i'm getting from this guy kind of snarky kind of hard to read i'm getting this feeling And, you know, I'm looking around the place and stuff. It's just kind of awkward. It's like, yo, I'm here to check out the space, man. Just shut the fuck up and show me around. Got me standing here, you know. Like, what the fuck? Like, can't you talk with your little buddy later and, like, get to the business here? So I'm just kind of standing there. Oh, yeah, really? That's what you do? Oh, CrossFit. Oh, wow. How? Tell me more about you. Tell me more about you. In in, in typical fucking pathetic fucking desperate performer fashion, it's all, you know, he took a CrossFit class and he went to a CrossFit championship of whatever and blah, blah, blah. And they're they're talking and gabbing away. And I got to sit there and pretend like I give a fuck. Oh, really? You do CrossFit, huh? Wow. Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yo, I'm here to see the space. You know, like, there's only so much pleasantry I can give before it's like, no, hold on a second. My time's valuable too, fool. You know, if you feel rushed because I'm early, well, I feel um, delayed because of your stupid little talkings here, right? So anyways, he's blabbing on about himself. I'm like, okay, whatever. So then he just starts hitting it with the fucking negativity. 
Oh yeah, the space is um this is the space, but um oh it's also a residential building, so you gotta watch out for the neighbors. You can't make noise past this time. The cops are always poking around. Negative, 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 blah blah blah, negative. And I'm like, hmm, well if this is his job to sell me on the space, he's not really doing that great of a job. You know what I mean? It's just negative, negative, negative. You know, the cops are always poking around. People, you know, if they're going to be smoking out front, that's cool. But I just want to let you know it's a really dense kind of space. So it can get cumbersome and blah, blah, blah. I need to do all these negative things. Don't plug the fucking toaster in while the fucking microwave's plugged in or else the fucking circuit will go. And negative, negative. And it's like, hmm, what is this death trap you're trying to sell me? Like, what the fuck are you really saying, right? And then... um. Then he goes into like, oh, you know, the space is typically, he's like, oh, so what are you doing here? I'm like, yeah, stand-up comedy show, like uh, stand-up comedy. He goes, oh, well, the place is better suited for like, you know, table reads. Um, that's like an acting community when people do a table read, like they might just sit around a table, a bunch of actors or film actors about to do a production, theater or film. They may sit around the table with all the, uh, the cat, like the director, all the people involved they all sit around and they read the script basically right just read the script without really uh blocking it or physicality or whatever just you know the first general table read so he's like uh yeah the space is like better suited for like table reads or small meetings or whatever blah 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 right and i go oh well you know what like uh 16 feet 15 feet wide 22 feet long you know, that's perfect for like a little intimate comedy show. That's what I'm trying to do because, you know, stage time's hard to come by in this city. You know, that's kind of what my impetus is. I'm not trying to create the next big comedy club. I'm just trying to have a little intimate space for like-minded comics like myself, interested art, uh, people interested in the art community, the stand-up community to come and have like a little micro show, right? Like something small, like 40 people or so. And he goes, uh, he just punks me right off. Just stares at me blankly and nods his head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like from one performer to the other, now you're getting arrogant with me. Now you're getting arrogant because you live in this city, you're a performer, and you fucking know. It's a trial and tribulation to get up on that stage, man. There's just too many too hungry and you got to do it for yourself. And this guy just punked me off. You know what I mean? Like more or less, he's just like, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This pissy, arrogant little fucking look on his face, or I don't even know what it meant. Like, in hindsight, I remember not feeling anything. I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. I just, that's how we, like, you know, I don't take it personally. I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. Like, I guess, I guess business is that good for you that um, you don't feel the crunch. You don't feel the need to cultivate an audience. I guess you're doing that well. That's why you're renting the place. <laughs> okay, whatever, right? So then, um... So then he goes, um, okay, well, do you like this space or whatever? And if it works for you, yeah, you can book it. Well, we can book it. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this, right? So we even shake hands. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Then he goes, um, so how many shows do you want to book? I specifically said in my email I wanted to book three shows on specific dates. I had three shows that I specifically wanted to date 
I wanted to date these shows. See, that's how horny I am for comedy, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to date my own show. I had the three dates that I wanted booked uh, outlined in the email. And I'm thinking to myself, what kind of businessman is this? Like, is this how you... You're just this flippant, this obnoxious. He's begrudging. All these are signs of begrudgment. It's nothing personal towards me. I could just tell, like, this guy... He's begrudging. He really doesn't want to rent the space. He really doesn't want to hear about my comedy. Like, I'm not even trying to batter his ear with my woes and my comedy. It's, it's not about that because I'm not coming to him for anything. You know, I'm paying him hard-earned money for usage of his space. I'm not asking anything of him. I'm offering a business solution. He needs renters. I need to rent. So it's like, He's getting begrudging, I could tell. Like it's like, yo, he does he really don't want to rent this space. It's not about me, it's not about comedy, it's not personal. It's like this is a guy who has a vision for his space and he's renting it out of necessity. He's not renting it with any salesmanship, enthusiasm, none of that. Just kind of like flippant, begrudging, you know? To um to, um, to give or concede reluctantly or with displeasure. To look upon with disapproval or envy. Hmm, oh, I guess comedy's hard in this city, is it? Hmm, oh, you're looking to book a comedy show. Hmm, well, you know, I guess I do have a website advertising that I rent space for performers, but hmm, I don't know, hmm. What the fuck are you even getting at, you begrudging motherfucker, right? So then... Yeah, like I said, he goes, okay, so you want to rent. Um, well, um, what, what times, what dates? And like I said, I'm horny for comedy, right? I want to date my own fucking show. That's how enthusiastic I am, right? I'm like, I give him my dates. They're in the email. And I'm just like, well. So then I, I just repeat myself. I'm like, well, I was looking to possibly book for these three dates. And then he goes, well, people usually book like one show, see how it goes and blah, blah, blah. They usually book one show at first to see how it goes, but I mean, um, it just gets all awkward. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, it's a comedy show. It's pretty straightforward, you know, there's a microphone. I didn't say this, but this is what I'm thinking. I'm like, to see how it goes, like, I'm not mounting some big technological marvel, you know, it's a fucking microphone, a stand, a comedian, and a couple chairs. That's a comedy show on a very essential basis. You can have a great comedy show in a fairly small space with just a couple of chairs and a microphone. That's all you need. That's the magic of it, right? But I'm just, like, confused because it's like, yo, like, don't you want my business? I said I wanted to book three shows. And he's like, well... I didn't say that. I'm, I'm, I was thinking that, right? And he says, well, usually people book uh, like one show to start off just to see how it goes or whatever. So then I'm like, hmm, well, I mean, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> is that what you want? I mean, what do you suggest? Like, I'm trying to feel him out. I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to take direction. He's, he's saying something. So I'm trying to communicate with him, see what he's getting at. Like, okay, well, what do you, okay, well, what do you suggest? is what I say to him. And he goes, oh, well, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's up to you. 
Well, then if it's up to me, why don't we go with the three fucking dates I mentioned in the fucking email? What the fucking, what the blood clot, bumble clot hell are you even fucking saying? Feel me. Right? It's like, what the fuck are you saying? It's in the email that I want these three dates. So I'm just like, um, well, uh, well, uh, okay. Then, then we, it, then it just kind of, then when it came to the, that, and that's another thing. When it came to the actual business part, like um, the amount of time I'm going to book, how to get the, the ins and outs of how the venue works, like punching in with the alarm code and uh, punching out with the alarm code. All the actual business part, he's like, okay, well, if that's good for you, it works for you, then it works for me, we'll do it, um, blah, 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 He's kind of like skimmed over it. It wasn't really clear in my head. And all the time, too, his little buddy's standing there, and they're having their own private little conversation. So it's like total third wheel situation I'm on. So I just wasn't even very clear of what was happening when it came to the actual business end. He goes, okay, well, I'll rent to you. So this is the rental process. Uh, <coughs> so I'm just like, mm, okay. And then um, as I'm leaving, you know, um, I'm getting my stuff on and, uh, you know, get my, I put my shoes back on, right? Because I took my shoes off to walk into the space. He's uh, talking with his buddy and, uh, you know, I ask his buddy, oh, yeah, so like, yo, like, what are you doing? Why are you interested in the space? He goes, oh, well, you know, I'm potentially going to do a jujitsu class, host a ju- teach and host a jujitsu night, jujitsu, the martial art, right? Jujitsu. And I go, okay, that's cool. That's really cool. Awesome, man. Well, that's cool. Good luck. And then the, the venue manager, he goes, um, you should take a jujitsu class. I'm like, Okay, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Then he goes, you should take a class. Why not? You should take a class. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess this guy's trying to open up a conversation with me. So then I go, oh, yeah, like, um, okay. Well, you know, I was thinking about it. Jiu-jitsu. That's a lot of grappling, right? I don't know if that's for me. Then the jiu-jitsu guy goes, hmm, hmm. Just stands there pouting. Hmm. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I just made a mixed martial artist pout? Is that how deadly comedy is these days? And I'm not even making jokes here. I'm just talking from the heart, right? Comedy is all honesty, right? And I'm just like, yo, like, I'm just being like, I don't know about grappling. I don't know how much I want to wrestle around with a sweaty stranger, right? Like when it comes to fighting, I want to know two things. How to break a neck and pull a trigger. That's about it. How to put you down for good. I don't want to wrestle with you. I don't want to make out with you before I put you in a headlock and kill you. Like, teach me how to destroy from a distance. <laughs> but he's like, yo, like, he gets all fucking pouty. Just because I don't like jujitsu, Which is like one of the most popular up-and-coming sports at the moment. Right? So it's like, um... What do you even care about my opinion? Cause he had, cause I had mentioned to him as well what I do. He goes earlier the the jujitsu guy. He goes um, the venue man, the venue manager's friend, the jujitsu guy. Earlier he goes, um, so what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do a comedy night. That's what I'm looking to do, host a comedy show. He goes, oh, just clams up. Oh, 
I didn't get fucking pissy about it. I didn't care. I know some people are into comedy. Some people aren't. Some people have questions. Some people don't care. What do I fucking care what some stranger thinks about what I, what I spend my life doing? Like, what do I care what he thinks? I don't give a shit. He goes, oh, at my response to what I'm doing, a comedy show, and I'm just like, okay, water off a duck's ass, quack, what do I care? You're not interested, you're not interested, whatever, I don't care. Didn't bother me in the least. But with him, you know, why don't you do a jujitsu class? Well, I don't know, I don't really want to wrestle with some sweaty man's asshole. <sighs> Gets all fucking pouty. <sighs> This guy could have kicked my ass and he's pouting because I don't want to fucking <laughs> wrestle around with him, right? Or whatever the fuck, right? So then um, after that, um, the venue manager, he more or less punks me off. You know? Okay, well, bye, Jonathan. Oh, I'm being dismissed, am I? Like a child. That's the end of the conversation, huh? Like, what do you think I was standing around for? I was standing around for the conversation you guys initiated. Do I do jujitsu? Would I be interested in doing jujitsu? What is my opinion on jujitsu? Well, I don't know about jujitsu. Um, I don't really want to do a lot of grappling. It doesn't really sound like my thing. And I was kind of waiting to see what he would say. Because, like, if if somebody said to me, like, Okay, well, um, if I said to somebody, hey, you know what, you should go to a comedy show. And they said, um, well, I don't know, it just seems a little, um, I don't know if it's my thing, stand-up comedy. I just don't know. And then looked at me like with an inquisitive look. I would have said, oh, okay, I could totally see that. But, you know, um, stand-up comedy is one of those things where it's like it's a total experience, you know, like... Seeing it on TV is totally different from seeing it live. Um, there's all sorts of different styles of comedy. And, you know, you might be surprised. Go out and give it a chance and you might be surprised. But, um, but you know, I get it. You know, if you're not into it or whatever. That's how I would handle somebody who told me they were unsure about stand-up comedy and looked to me for a response. I wouldn't just get all pouty like this idiot. He asked me. So why don't you do jiu-jitsu? Would you do jiu-jitsu? You should do jiu-jitsu. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not really into grappling and stuff. Like, I don't know if it would be for me. Then I looked at him. I passed him the ball. Like, what do you got to say? <sighs> Pouts like a punk-ass bitch, right? So then, bye, Jonathan. Oh, I'm being dismissed like a child. Bye. Sorry to waste your time. Sorry, I try to spend my money here. Now I'm getting a little personal because like it really wasn't, it was very passive aggressive. It could be totally in my own perception. But all I know is that if I was dealing with somebody, I wouldn't deal that way. Because when I walked out that door, I didn't feel uplifted. I didn't feel like, yes, I'm gonna start my comedy night at this venue, I'm ready to go, I, I closed the deal, I, I met this cool new uh, person, this new contact in, in the, uh, the venue industry. I met this cool new contact. Um, I, I'm going to be renting this space. This is the beginning of something good. How you should feel when you walk away from a rental situation. I didn't feel like that. I walked away feeling dejected.
I walked away feeling confused. I walked away feeling depleted. I'm just like, hmm. Depleted. Hmm, I just feel drained and confused and what happened and I felt unwelcomed. And it's nothing personal. The best way I can put it is the man was obviously begrudging. He didn't want to work with people. He's like that mortgage owner, that homeowner that has to rent out the basement because, you know, their little fucking job isn't paying them well enough and, you know, the, the bank's calling. So, well, I better throw a fucking uh, college student down there for the sake of it. And then they cram them into the basement and lord over them. No music past nine o'clock? Don't leave your fucking dishes in the sink? You don't even exist. As far as I'm concerned, you don't even exist. Give me my fucking payment. Like, you know, he's just begrudging. So then, like, I'm on the streetcar, right? And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yo, like, I don't feel good. And we had agreed that, you know, I'm going to rent this space and he's going to send me an email with all, the, with all the information. And then I can make my payment online and blah, 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 yada, yada. And I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, like, yo, I don't feel good about this. And nothing speaks like experience. That's where my experience came in. You know, I've hosted shows before. I have experience in the industry. I know when I'm wanted or unwanted. I know the difference between um, being welcomed and unwelcomed. And that's a difference. A lot of artists or people in desperate situations, like, you know, somebody trying to get a place to rent, you know, like they need to rent a space, like a home or a venue or whatever, they're desperate. Or a performer, they're desperate for stage time, they're desperate to get going with their career. Or anybody, anybody out of desperation in any situation. A lot of times they overlook what is being said for what they want. What is being said for what they want to hear. They want to hear yes, so they overlook no. The man was obviously saying no the whole time. Every step of the way, negative. The cops are always around here. There's noise complaints from the fucking renters and the neighbors. Um, it's a small space. I don't know if it's going to work for a comedy night. Um, maybe you should only book one show instead of three shows. Oh, you're early. Blah, 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 blah. You don't do jujitsu? Like all this shit. I'm just like, yo, the man's obviously saying no, but he's saying yes. So this is just going to be a negative experience. So I sent him an email, and I showed him. Uh, I don't know if I showed him anything, but I showed myself that I'm not like this. I communicate clearly, and I communicate on time, and I make decisions like a boss. I don't take a week to think about what I'm going to say. I say the truth, and I think about things, and I can process good and bad Within seconds, milliseconds, that's all folks. So then I just sent him an email. Thank you very much. I think you're right in all your suggestions. Perhaps the space isn't the best for a comedy performance. Thank you very much. I'll definitely keep your venue in mind for a further event, a future event. John. I just whipped him off that email. There you go. Don't begrudge me shit, boy. You ain't doing no favors for me.
Like I told you, I'm a fucking janitor. So what? Yeah, I mop a floor. So what? Because I change fucking paper towels? Means not, I'm not good enough for your fucking venue, huh? Too grimy for your venue, huh? No, Jonathan, no. It's not like that at all. It's just that you don't do jujitsu. What? Now I'm going to do jujitsu your fucking neck with this mop handle. You don't smack him upside the head with a fucking mop handle, you know? So yeah. In life, when you do things, don't do them begrudging. Do them or don't do them. Give or do not give. Give fully, give freely. Say no when you mean no. Because that makes clear communications. And that's what I'm proud of. Clear communications. I told the man what I wanted. I asked for what I wanted. I put it on the table. I will rent your venue. I want to do a comedy night. The man was begrudging, backhanded, talked in riddles, was confusing. So then I was just like, okay, well, you know what? That's not my style. I communicate clearly uh, and on time. So this is what I need. So I can't do business with you like that. And I just sent him an email. Hey, perhaps you're right. Everything you said was right. Maybe this isn't the best place for a performance of comedy. Thank you very much for your time. John. Hallelujah, moving forward. And like I said, I was feeling a little bit lazy, low-down, shiftless, rotten, spineless, good-for-nothing, hole-the-wall, bubble-guppy, crummy, lousy, rotten. I was feeling all those ways this week after that interaction with that fucking idiot because it's just like, yo, man, like... It's just like one step forward, two steps back. (laughs) Totally. One step forward, two steps back. I book a show... Then the show venue is not good enough, so I have to quit the show. Then I find a venue, it's a good space, but the fucking venue manager's an idiot. And this thing and that, it's like a fucking tug of war, it's like a fucking seesaw. But hey, this is what I subscribe for. So next time you meet an artist, a comic, a, a musician, a performer, when you meet a person doing that type of work, think twice before you open their mouth. <clears throat> Think twice before you open their mouth, because <laughs> then you might hear them complain like I just did for the last 30 minutes. But um, be careful when you open your mouth and say something stupid like, uh, have you ever thought of, um, you know, doing this? Have you ever thought of that? You haven't the first fucking clue of um, the trials and tribulations. I'm guessing you don't. <laughs> Maybe you do. Maybe you're like a venue manager yourself and you're just like, what's this idiot talking about? But... um. Generally speaking, when you comment on a person's uh, uh, efforts, when you truly don't know um, the ins and outs of what they do, you're, you're assuming you're making an ass out of you and me. Isn't that, isn't that cute? The, the acronym, assume, you make an ass out of you and me. Ass, you, me. Assume. So don't assume. And because uh, there's a lot of work that goes into this shit. And that's what I mean by how I was so like fucking <laughs> shiver me timbers, man. I was just lying in bed, just like Brian Wilson did. Just like Brian Wilson did. I was just kind of depressed this week. And rightfully so, you know, not in any kind of funk I couldn't get out of, not hopeless or anything, but just dejected, depleted been putting my fucking ass out on the line trying to get the shit done and 
Hasn't been easy, but like I said, that's what I subscribe to. But hey, you know your boy. See, I'm trying to sound black, you know? I'm doing everything I can to make this comedy career of mine work out, you know? I'm making sure I sound... I'm making sure I use words like begrudgment, depletion, restless, irritable discontent, um, you know, um, you know, just trying to really use my vocabulary. That's all, folks, you know? I'm just really spitting out the jargon, the patois, the, um, you know, filibustering. I'm really spitting out those words, trying to attract my white audience. Then I'm using words like, boom, clot, you ras, clot, you know? I'm using words like that to attract my black audience. Um, I'm... I'm just, I'm saying whatever the fuck, I'm, I'm talking about cartoons, you know, like, I'm, I'm doing whatever the fuck I can to keep myself in the game. And why am I saying this? I don't know. But all I'm trying to say is, like, um, uh, while I was having this momentary feeling of, of uh, depression, I do everything I can to keep myself out of it. And I thank God that I have the opportunity to be a performer and to see this life because it's so interesting to me and it's totally what I need, you know? And it makes challenges even more um, uh, fulfilling when I overcome them. Because like I said, what do you think I did? Not like I said, but what I'm about to say. What do you think I did after um, this week of... uh, Last few days of kind of depression, lousy, low-down, shiftless feelings. I just kept on grinding. And bingo, I found a venue. A new venue. This one seems like it could work. I called the lady up on the phone. I was talking to her. She goes, oh, well, you want to do a comedy night? Well, I don't know if that's going to work. Blah, 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 blah. I go, oh, okay. Well, thank you very much for your time, miss. She goes, well, wait, wait. Um, well, what night do you want to do it? I'm like, well, Thursday nights. Oh, oh, well, that could work and blah, blah, blah. And I think she really connected to the fact that I told her what I wanted. She told me what her concerns were. I said, well, perhaps you're right. Thank you very much for your time. And I was polite and I wasn't trying to push or sell an agenda. If you, hey, like I got the experience. If if that's how you feel, thank you for telling me and uh, thank you for your time. She was straightforward with me. But then she said, well, wait a minute. This could work. And I think she connected to my honesty. And she goes, oh, okay, well, hold on a second. Well, and also my money. <laughs> I mean, what, you know, it's like she's doing me a favor. <laughs> but she is. If this thing turns out right, she is doing me a favor because I'm looking for a venue. So um, hopefully this thing turns out well. But she goes, well, hold on a second. Um... Like I said, uh, perhaps this could work. Uh, you know, Thursday nights aren't exactly the most busiest for us, and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, today, 4.15 p.m., I got a meeting with another venue. Our righteous Mike is fighting to keep it righteous. So, you know, wish me luck, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go out there this evening and uh, meet up with this new lady at this venue. And hopefully it works, you know. I got a lot of faith that it will because it just kind of seemed like she connected with my honesty and I connected with her um, open-mindedness, you know. Because initially she said she was a little like, well, I don't know. 
And I said, okay, well, you know, that's cool. If that's how you feel, thank you for your time. And then she's like, well, he's, he seems pretty honest and nice or whatever. Well, maybe this could work. And I'm thinking, okay, well, she seems pretty cool and she's honest. Maybe this could work. So, you know, maybe this could work. You know, that's the blessing of hanging in there when you're feeling like um, you're feeling against the ropes and out of sorts. You just got to hang in there. Hang in there for whatever you're doing. Just hang in there. I might get my ass kicked. <laughs> she hasn't said yes yet, and we haven't closed the deal yet. But, like, you may, you just got to hang in there. Hang the fuck in there. Hallelujah. A um, couple things coming up for me. I'm going to wrap it up, get out of here quick. Um, <clears throat> uh, boo 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 Coming up new on the podcast. Video log video podcasts yes that's a new thing i want to add to the podcast um it's well in the works i built a uh what do you call that a backdrop out of um pvc pipe i believe found a really cool video on youtube on how to build like a backdrop for um doing video podcasts so that's on the plate Stay tuned for that on Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast. Um, through all my, um, yeah, getting new bass guitar gear, working out, um, keeping healthy, uh, thinking about writing, producing films. These are all the things that I've been working on and I keep my mind on when I just, I'm feeling depressed or I'm feeling tired i just try to redouble my efforts hunker down and keep positive you know what i mean and um through all this through all these battles like um trying to get the comedy night produced um trying to keep consistent with my bass guitar playing if you're new to the podcast it's a thing i talk about from time to time i'm a bass guitar player so i'm in the process too of um about to pick up some new fresh exciting gear treat myself you know what i mean i've been playing on some i mean you know really all you need is an instrument you know the instrument's not going to make you a better player but um, an instrument can inspire you to become a better player especially if you feel like you deserve it you've been playing on kind of a beat up piece of shit fucking whatever instrument and you know you've been putting in the hours practicing and after a while you say you know what i want to treat myself get myself some new gear so that's where i'm at I'm about to pick up some new gear here, uh, some really uh, funky uh, new bass guitar gear, new bass guitar, some fucking pedals, new amp, so I'm pretty psyched about that. Like I said, I've been feeling really good health-wise. I've been working out a lot. I'm starting to see it in the arms. My arms are, you know, I'm starting to feel, uh, see some definition. I'm starting to, I'm seeing definition throughout, and I'm just happy to keep going with that. Um, I don't want to sound too um, arrogant or whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm just feeling healthy, looking healthy. That's all I'm trying to say. And I'm very happy for that. And uh, with the film possibilities, the possibilities are endless. I'm thinking about writing, thinking about producing, X, Y, and Z. And I mention these things because, like I said, it helps me when I'm feeling um, depressed or tired or whatever. And um, I want to emphasize all these things are also possible when you 
Take your time. Take the time you need for whatever your focus is. Don't get anxious. Don't be rushed. The time will be your time. Everything in time. On time, all the time. You can't force a hand. You can't break into a window in life. You got to take your time and the opportunities will appear if you're putting in the time. Take your time, put in the time, and things will show up on time. And I'm over time. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtram. Reporting live for duty on this magnificent March 15th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Damn, this is a long one, you know? But hey, I had some stuff to talk about. Thank you very much for listening. Um, when you're feeling depressed, get into your activities. Keep yourself motivated. Um, take your time with it. All will, all will be revealed in time. The fight goes on. If you want to hit me up with some feedback, hit it up. jr.thepodcast at gmail.com That's jr.thepodcast at gmail.com Till next time, you live it, you love it, you realize it. Alright? Peace!